Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome to the Gospel for Life. This is the Social Distancing Special Edition. We are in our own homes or our own offices uh, via Zoom. And on uh, the line with us today is Pastor Phil Moran. From Christ Pres, brother, how are you doing today? Doing great this morning. God is good. Amen. And then uh, in his pink pajamas, we have Pastor Russ from <laughs> Cloverdale uh, Reformed Church. <laughs> are those are those footy pajamas, Russ? I, I find they provide me great comfort during these uncertain times. Yes. It kind of looks like that bunny from the Christmas story. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that when little Ralphie comes down the stairs and he's wearing that full bunny suit. <laughs> Very memorable Father's Day gift from my children. Yes, thank you. <laughs> oh, good times. You guys are good sports. Um, well, we have been talking on the program about God's providence. Um, and basically God's providence is his care and preservation over all of his creatures and all of their actions. When our son was four years old, he got diagnosed with autism. And it was a pretty difficult time for us because it, was, it wasn't it was as severe as it possibly could be, but it was severe enough where we had major parenting challenges. And the Westminster Confession um, gave us great comfort in those times because question 11 of the Catechism asks, asks, what are God's works of providence? And the answer is that God's works of providence are his most holy and wise, powerful, preserving all his creatures and all their actions. And so we've been looking at how God's providence, of course, extends to all creatures, but it especially extends to his church. So can you guys maybe just give us a quick recap of that from yesterday's program? Go ahead, Russ. I think the quick summary would be this, that God does love and care for all of his creation. It's all his. Um, but he has a special place um, in his heart for his own people that he, through his son, has redeemed as his own. And so he cares for all in a general sense, but he cares for his own in a, in a special way, in a special sense. Yeah. Uh, one of the examples that I wanted to bring up from yesterday's program, which I didn't, is that in Jeremiah chapter 24, God is telling the prophet Jeremiah that they're going to go into Babylonian captivity. And he gives them this vision of two baskets full of figs. The one basket is good figs and the other basket is bad figs. And he says, look, when you go into Babylon, all these good figs, those are that's my remnant. Those are my people, and I'm going to make them flourish. I'm going to watch over them with care. They're going to go through the same trial as everybody else, namely the captivity. 
but they're going to be protected. And then he said, but these bad figs, that's like wicked King Zedekiah and all of his false prophets. They're going to be destroyed and they're going to be made a desolation of. And I think that's a, a wonderful picture of God's providence that they're, they're facing the same trial, but it's his people, it's his true remnant that are especially taken care of. Okay, no response, huh? That was just so excellent and awesome that you guys are dumbfounded by the brilliance of what was, was just was, said. Well, yeah, I'm always dumbfounded by what, by what you say, Josh. But <laughs> let, me, let me just add, and, and you know, very seriously, and I know you guys will agree, that um, then the scriptures do promise God's special care for those who belong to him. And if anyone says, um, well, if, 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 if any, let's say, unbeliever or somebody on the borderline of faith says, how can you say I'm left out? I'm going to say, join us, friend. Profess your faith in Christ and yeah. put your trust in him and receive the gift of adoption into God's family. Uh, so that invitation is always there. But I would also want to say that God's special care for his people, which scripture promises, uh, does not mean everything is always going to work out as I would want it to work out. It doesn't mean no pain will ever come into my life. Uh, it it doesn't mean that I'm. It doesn't mean that my life may not end today, and in an unpleasant way. Mm -hmm. uh, but what it means is that I can always trust that I belong to my Father in heaven, and that I am under His special care, and that I need not fear, and that and that what happens to me today, He's ordained, and He'll use it for His glory and and for my good ultimately ultimate good. That's right. So Brooks starts to give several reasons, um, biblical reasons why we can know that uh, God's works of providence are especially for his church. So the first reason that he gives is this, that by the way, I, I said Brooks, we've been talking about Brooks's response to the bubonic plague in, in England in 1666. So he said this, the church alone out of all the people in the world has God's promises of protection and preservation. And we went over some of these already. Russ, you quoted Romans 8.28 yesterday. Uh, now, this touches on how we interpret the Bible. Are the promises found in the Bible for every single person indiscriminately? I would say the answer is, is no. They're only for God's people. I I find a very helpful passage in, in 2 Peter chapter 1. Peter's starting this letter and is, he says, his divine power has granted to us. And he's already established who us is when he talks in the earlier verses about those that who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the his divine power is granted to us are those that have faith in and have trusted in Jesus Christ alone and his perfect work and righteousness. And it says all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence 
by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. Um, the promises of scripture are glorious, are wonderful, are rich, and, and almost at times mind-boggling. But they're not for everyone. They, they are for God's people. They're God, for God's children. And they are um, precious and very great. But they're not able to be claimed by everyone that, that lives. Um, mm-hmm. they, they belong to, to God's children. Yes. And uh, there are certainly gifts of God and, and uh, promises of God that do pertain to all people. Um, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in, in Matthew said, uh, you know, that his father causes the rain to fall on the just and on the unjust. Uh, there are, there are gifts of, of grace uh, that, um, you know, God's forbearance uh, withholding uh, you know, ultimate judgment uh, there, there are there are gifts that fall to, to all people, and all of those gifts are are meant, you know, are part of God's goodness, but also uh, show God's forbearance uh, and and to draw all people to Himself. But uh, those promises, which are for the people of God, uh, and it's throughout Scripture, are are very clear who they're directed to. And once again, if anyone feels left out, uh, the, my, the answer of Scripture is uh, put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And right. uh, you know, join, join the family. Amen. So that's the first reason that Brooks gives. Brooks was ministering during the time of the bubonic plague in England, and he was making an argument for why the people of God could have confidence and support and comfort during the plague. Uh, Namely, he gives, because God's providence extends to the church in a special way. And the first reason he gives us is because all those promises that we find in the word are for his people. They're not for every single person indiscriminately. Um, The second and third reason that Brooks gives is essentially, I combined it into one. So the church consists of God's most dear and near relations. So we find God calling us his servants, his friends, his children, his members, his spouse. And therefore God prizes his people, even one saint more than all the world. Now brothers, can we really agree with what Brooke said there? I think if we would actually read the, the scriptures and understand the, the reality of what it's saying as far as our rebellion in Adam and our disregard for God and, and his, the wonder of being his creation and our saying, no, we don't want that and are going our own way. And then knowing that God pursued us, those that had cast him aside and pursued us at great cost, that he gave his only son so that he might redeem um, a rebellious um, and broken people. But it goes beyond that. He, he doesn't just redeem us. He goes on and says, and this is a people that is precious in my sight. These are a people that are the apple of my eye. These are um, 
Exodus 19 would say, my, my most prized possession. Um, and if we would truly understand our value to God, despite our, our incredible lack of value, I mean, we, we were in complete rebellion against him. Um, and he loved us. And he loved us in a, in a, in a profound and, and deep and a special way. Um, and so can we really say this? With amazement, we can say, yes, this is true. This yes, is true yeah. of every child of God. Mm -hmm. And I, I just want to pick up on that last phrase, Russ, child of God. Um, that you belong to, if you belong to God through faith in Jesus Christ, You've been adopted as his child and adopted out of a lost world. This, this promise does not, in, in scripture, this does not apply to all people. It, it, it applies to those um, who God has called to himself through Christ. And um, let me just uh, read from Galatians chapter 4. Um, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Uh, friends, th that promise, th that promise of adoption as the children of God, that, that does not apply to all people. That's not universal. Um, that, that's given to those who come to faith in Christ and uh, who receive that gift of adoption. Well, another broadcast has hit the pale today. So, brothers, um, thanks so much for for joining us via Zoom. I see that little smirk on your face, Russ. Uh, I will be addressing that tomorrow. Um, but thank you for uh, joining us. We'll see you tomorrow on the Gospel for Life.